powered by the National Screen Institute. This is The Hats We Wear, and I'm your host, Emily Palmer. Welcome to this limited podcast series, where you'll hear from some incredible individuals who happen to be the alumni of the National Screen Institute. Throughout the show, we'll talk successes, failures, highs and lows, and the journey of life as guests navigate the creative media industries in Canada and beyond. This show is produced and distributed from Treaty 1 territory. We acknowledge the land that is occupied and their traditional keepers, Anishinaabe, Cree, Dakota, and the Métis. This is The Hats We Wear. Have you ever wondered how comedy works? Are comedians just born funny? Do they start off by telling jokes to their friends and then just land a stand-up gig by chance? Or is it a genre that has to be studied and perfected? Within this episode, we'll hear from NSI graduate Darcy Waite, one of Winnipeg's up-and-coming producers, to talk about comedy writing and the importance of increasing diversity in the film and television industries. When I first started, like, I guess as a comedian, you're always kind of immature till you start making money, telling jokes, and then you're a comedian. And that was kind of what it was like for me. I remember people telling me, it was like, oh, you're really immature. And I'm like, no, I'm a comedian. It's like, yeah, are you? And I was like, just wait. This is Darcy Waite. He's a writer, producer, and a TV host. At the National Screen Institute, Darcy took courses like CBC New Indigenous Voices, NSI Indigidocs, an Art of Business Management Indigenous Edition. Darcy was first introduced to the television and film industries when he was only 19. I got accepted to, it's a school called Red Deer College and they had an acting program and a fantastic teacher named uh, Larry Reese. And he kind of convinced me, he's like, yeah, like, you know, don't just think of yourself as an actor, think of yourself as a producer and a writer and a director. And so I graduated school and uh, I didn't listen to that at first. I just was going to be an actor. I was just like, I'm going to be an actor. And I went to, I was a student intern at the Banff World Media Conference. And I remember talking to one of the producers there and he's like, Darcy, you like, don't move away from Alberta. You know, we have something for you coming up. And I was like, oh, sweet. And then, so I waited six months down the road. I was still struggling and trying to make rent and all that fun stuff. And uh, no, no phone call came. And I was like, there's gotta, I was like, oh, there's gotta be an easier way to be in this industry. And uh, I was like, well, I've, I see more broke actors at 40 than I do I produced at 40. And I was like, well, there's got to be something there. So then I was like, uh, so I started to, to start writing and I tried to do a short that was colossal failure. <laughs> and uh, I kind of, st- I, was, I was working and I kind of stumbled on the, uh, the NSI program, the New Voices program about I think probably five, six years ago now. So I applied and, and uh, I got in and they told me I have three weeks to get my stuff together and move to Winnipeg. And, and that's what I did. After attending NSI's new Indigenous Voices program, he landed a position for the comedy series Caution May Contain Nuts in Alberta. In 2017, he moved back to Winnipeg full time. What motivated Darcy to keep up with the fast paced industries of television and film? Um, I never really thought about quitting. I don't, I don't think that was ever a thought or it was just like, one day, I'm just going to figure it out. But I remember being in Edmonton and 
I was so it's it's like the brokest I've been broker, but I it's like this vivid memory in my head. Like I remember I just finished my second year or my my second year of university and I had like $20 in the bank, an empty gas tank. I had two months le- or two weeks left in the month and I didn't have a check coming in for two weeks. And so I was, and I remember looking at the fridge and I only had like pickles in the fridge and I was like, I better remember this. Cause this is going to be, you know, and I, I didn't think about quitting. I was like, I was like, this is the point to quit. Like right now it's like, um, and I, I didn't want to. And so there's always been moments where you're like, I don't like, you know, it's not going well, but you always just remember why you got into it. Like your, your why has to be so important. Um, like if you get into it and you don't have the right reasons and yeah, it's going to be really tough. Like you really have to love this industry and really love storytelling in order to continue. Cause if you're in it to like, you know, go to film festivals and, and, and go to like all the red carpets and the Instagram events, it's, it's not, it, it, you'll, you'll, uh, you'll burn out pretty quick. I was interested to ask you about comedy because I have like kind of gone to watch stand up during this time, watch a lot of Netflix stand up. Um, and I've, I've, it's kind of like taken me out of like a sad space because this, this time is just like obviously really hard for a lot of people. And uh, comedy is just something that makes me happy and it's something to like share with my friends. I'll be like, oh my God, you have to watch this. Like I'll send it to my friends. Um, so being a person that like writes or acts and produces comedy, what has kind of uh, pushed you to continue to do that during this time or even throughout your, your career? Yeah, for sure. I, uh, doing comedy during this time has kind of kept me sane. You know, we're, we're dealing with kind of something we've never been through before. And I remember I was on a show uh, called Arctic Vets uh, and we got shut down during the pandemic. And I remember going home for that first week and just, you know, kind of like everyone, like, what's going to happen? You know, oh, is it like am I going to have a career? Can we do the film industry? Like I'm you're, you're super bummed. And then my mentality was, you know, there's going to be people who are going to come out of this pandemic um, better than they, what they started. Their careers will be stronger than what they started. And I was like, that either can be me or that could be, or I could sit here and be all bummed out. How does Darcy approach the genre of comedy? Again, does this craft and ability just come naturally? Is there a specific way to study how to be funny? My first idea uh, was like a really funny zombie idea. And I remember writing, I tried to write a pilot and uh, I applied to the Whistler Indigenous Film Fellowship and I got in and my mentor was in that, in that show uh, or in that pro- uh, program. And I remember I was like, oh man, it's the first time seeing me write da, 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 da. And I remember being in the room and everyone thought it was a short. It was, they didn't think it was a TV series, like pilot. And I was like, oh man. And I remember my mentor calling it. He's like, yeah, I read it. It's a bit of a dog's breakfast. You're going to have to learn to write. And I was like, what? I thought it was, I worked so hard and I was so choked. And it was again, that moment where you could be like, well, he doesn't know me and da, 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 da. Or I took it. I ate the humble pie. I was like, well, there's some learning I got to do. And so what I did, I was like, I got to learn comedy a little bit more as a writer. Cause it's different. Like, uh, there's different styles of comedy. And I was like, well, I don't know how to tell comedy as a writer. So then I went back to uh, the Second City. Second City is an improv comedy organization. And it was first originally based in Chicago with training programs in Toronto and Los Angeles. I started taking some writing programs. So I learned how to write sketch comedy. I learned how to write regular comedy. I learned how to write pilots and stuff like that. And then, you know, fast forward three years. Now, you know, I just got, I just wrote my first, uh, docu-series for broadcast I just wrote my first web series 
you know, if this show goes, I'm going to be, I have a full on episode for a comedy series that's going to come up, you know, and I've been, I'm starting to be in rooms. And so, uh, you know, if I, if I wouldn't have made that decision to go, okay, you know, maybe I don't have the skills right now, but I got to study comedy and I got to get better at writing, you know, in three years, I could be, you know, in a whole different boat. And that's kind of my, my mentality or it's, you know, comedy is this, it's like studying horror film, each genre, you have to study that genre in order to become a master at it. And, you know, you have to want, like, listen to the, the people who, who make their living out of it. Like I just did a, an interview with a, a writer who's been on Shit's Creek, Kim's Convenience, This Hour is 22 Minutes. And, you know, just, it was, it was amazing to, like, just to talk to him about comedy and being like, he's like, yeah, like, you know, like, and ask him all those questions and become a student again, because sometimes like it's, you get really good at comedy and then, you know, you always have to learn from other people because they'll help make your comedy better. I did stand up and I bombed so much. Like I was brutal. Like it was like, I mean, I had the natural, like the skills to pull myself out, but you see these guys who have been doing comedy for like 10 years and they're like, they come in and they can just like, you know, kill the crowd and like, or like, I, like re do really, really well. And you're like, Oh, I know what I'm like. I got paid. I got paid, you know, a lot of money to do comedy last year. And then you step into somebody else's arena that does a different style of comedy. And it's like a whole humble pie where I had to come back and be like, okay, I'm going to, have to relearn this new style because I've always wanted to do stand-up like I remember growing up as a kid and watching just for laughs and being like I want to be on that stage one day and then I think three years ago I got to go and be an audience member in that stage and I was like that's an amazing thing like it's it's a cool dream like to see that and then I guess the biggest advice that I had was like just become a student and always always be learning because it's you that's how you become like better it's become better at comedy and at kind of anything that you're you're uh, what genre you're doing for sure. Yeah. I mean, I remember having this conversation with one of my friends years ago. Uh, her roommate was studying comedy at, I think it was like Humber College, somewhere in Toronto. Um, yeah, somewhere in Toronto, a college in Toronto. And I was like, wow, I can't believe you have to study to be funny. Like, I never really thought about that, you know, but I guess it is. It's very different when you're writing um, and you actually like need to like learn a craft. Um, so can you paint a picture of a time where you've totally bombed with a crowd and like had to like take a step back and say, okay, I need to like regroup, take a slice of that humble pie and like start again. I started doing like stand up when I was 19. And then I quit because I thought I wanted to be a serious actor. And uh, I was like, oh no, my agent's going to think I'm all immature and da, 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 da. So like, I think during the pandemic last year, I was like, ah, you know, I've always said I wanted to do it. So I'll get back into it. And I think it was like my third or fourth time going up. And I had just, I was doing really well. I had a good set. And I was like, I'm going to come in with a new joke. I can't remember what this, I think it was, I, I, I always tease vegans. And I was, I think it was about, you know, my biggest fear is to date a vegan, you know, because I love Popeyes and I love, and I was like, you know, like, and all the things that could go wrong with it. And I was bombing so bad. Like, dude, it was brutal. Like, it, like the jokes I thought were going to hit weren't hitting. And like, so I was like, <laughs> Like I had a five minute set. I was like three minutes in and I had to bail on it. I was like, I had to pull the no. plug. Like, not, not on the set. I was like, okay, yeah. I'm going to, I went back to my old material to get the crowd back so that the next comic didn't have a cold crowd. Oh, and I was I like, oh man, like, you know, I've been doing comedy for three years and here I am just eating it on stage, you know? Jeez. And it's funny because they, once they figure out you do a show or you like your, oh, they, and then they introduce you with your show or like, that's what they would do. It's like, oh, Darcy, you know, you may have seen him on APTNs. That's awesome. Da, 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 da. And then, so they hype up the crowd and they think you're going to become like, oh, this guy's, this guy's, you know, been somewhere. 
and then you just eat it and you're just like oh man this is brutal and so yeah i mean and, and that's never going to stop what i've learned about comedy is like you're always going to have good days you're going to have bad days where you know you're killing it or you're eating it you just gotta learn how to fight through it and, and uh as you get older you get thicker skin and and uh, you become better at, at working your way out of it Darcy has been known as the goofy host on APTN's show, That's Awesome. The show is centered around the host, Darcy, hanging out with a teenager for the day, getting to know more about one another's culture. What's it like to be a host on a TV show? And what has Darcy learned from it? Yeah, hosting, it's like, it's a different, because there's no, like, there's no job applications to be a host. Like, it's really, you just, you're, it's just based on your personality and you have to be, you know, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, you have to have a big ego. I, I don't know. <laughs> really? Okay. No, I'm just making a joke. It's, uh, what no. is it? um, <laughs> narcissistic. There you go. Narcissistic. No, I'm just, yeah. Interesting. I'm just saying, it's, it's, it's be like, ah, you know, let's make a show about my personality. It's weird. It's a weird thing, but yeah, I guess that's what hosting is. It's just based on, you know, what your personality and how you bring it to the, to the, um, you know, to the screen. And it's kind of like, you take and then you kind of make a character out of it and then you kind of crank it up and then that becomes that's hosting right like it's like i'm not like people ask me like how many red bulls did you drink before you started hosting each day and i was like none like i've never you have so much energy and it's kind of like taking my you know that part of me and just cranking it up a little bit and you have a you have a, a comedy host or you have a high energy host and then it's weird. And, and there's no school for it. There's, you can't, it's not like acting and it's totally different. And I find it because I started out as an actor and, you know, hosting now it's, it's a lot funner for me. I quite like it. And then I started doing comedy acting and I, it's just as fun as hosting. So, right. Um, like I remember when I did, that's awesome. I had to go, like we did the show and while I was doing the show, I had a hosting coach uh, who would help me with my footage and be like, this is how you interview. This is how you cut this out. This is how you enunciate. This is how you like bring everybody in. Cause you're really kind of like a director when you're, when you're doing it, if you have like a bunch of people and you're trying to like do it, like you're walking into a building and you're introducing these people and you're trying to drive the conversation and you're trying to hit like, and then you also have to like hit the camera with like looks and stuff like that to connect with the audience so that the audience doesn't forget that they're, they're there. And it doesn't seem like the cinema verite. And it's just this like whole, whole other like thing that you that you can't learn in school you can't learn you have to get taught by it it's like old mentorship program like where it's like you have a person who's been doing it for so many years they come in they teach you and then you go and try and do it and and that's kind of how you have to learn how to host in 2020 darcy was selected to join the canadian media producers association and their board of directors what does darcy hope to bring to the cmpa as a young producer we need to get in, involved in the politics of our industry because in the future we're, we're inheriting this industry that they're currently building uh, with the streamers and the Bill C-10s and all that. Uh, and so I see um, a lot of people being frustrated with what's going on. And if, I think the first thing, uh, if you get frustrated, you need to go out and figure out how to, you know, have a voice in that, in the rooms. And I think the CMPA was the best, the, the, the best way for me to have my voice at the table as, uh, and I see that they're, you know, uh, the CMPA is doing a better job, you know, I'm I directly benefited from their new policies. And so for me, it's all about education and learning the new policies of our industry, learning how negotiations work. I'm, I'm on the ready act committee right now. And, and I'm learning so much from Jennifer Holness and Ira Levy, who are these like 
you know, I grew up watching Irish shows, which is insane. I was just like, I remember him being like, I produced Dudley the Dragon. I was like, dude, you, what? You produced Dudley the Dragon? No way. It's crazy stuff. And then Jen, who's this like, you know, BIPOC producer who's been in the game for so long that just doesn't care. Like she's going to tell you how it is. And it's, it's like, oh, okay. And you're learning from these people because uh, in the next, you know, in 10 years, or I, I, you know, my goal is to be doing, you know, Burden of Truths in, in five years, you know. Um, so that in five years, what I, you know, I have a you know, multi-million dollar show. I mean, I'm not going to say the budget, but like a really big show, you know, or it's these policies directly have more influ- uh, uh, influence and, and effect on my companies and my, my shows. And so, yeah, you need to be, you need to be in those rooms, helping make those decisions so that um, it's like, again, it's hard, like it's super hard, uh, but it's been so fun and it challenges me every day and I have to grow and, and um you know, and, and you're learning to get your backbone. Like, you know, you have to be like, Hey, I actually, I think like this, like, you know, yeah. this is what we should do uh, about mentorship. That's why you need diverse people in those rooms because they'll say something like that. And, and, you know, I wouldn't have said anything a year ago, but it, it, beyond the CMPA has definitely challenged me and, and it's forced me to grow up a little bit uh, and mature. I love it. It's, it's super fun. Yeah. I love it. And, and, and it's super cool because you work with the people that uh, made shows that you watch as a kid. Absolutely. I think that's really cool. Um, and I recognize that. And I, I think uh, by bringing your voice and your experience to this board, um, what did you find? Like, what kind of pushes you to speak up for underrepresented individuals? What kind of made you want to be this voice for other people? I remember being on a show and walking into the, you know, I finally get in, I'm able to get into these rooms where I was like, you know, if you suggest, hey, we need more diversity they'll listen to you. Uh, so I was on a show last, uh, it was like, uh, I can't remember. I was on a show and I walked in the producer's office and I was like, Hey, I hate to be this guy. You know, we work at, I work at a diverse company. I'm looking around and I'm, I'm not seeing diversity. And, uh, it was awkward. I was like, my heart was pumping. I was like, Oh no. And the producers was like, we sat down and we tried to like figure out like, okay, what's our diversity, you know, how much diversity and, and we couldn't hit 20%. We couldn't hit very high. And I was just, and, and uh, I remember people being like, what are you talking about? This is the most diverse set we've ever seen. And it's just like coming from the non like, you know, and so it's because diversity is like, it's, it's, you know, there's two ways, right? There's the people who go, ah, what are you talking about? We have all the initiatives that we need, you know, we have diversity and you have people going, well, not really. And that's, you know, so it's, it's awkward sometimes. And so luckily I was, I was with allies and they supporters and, and they're like, okay. And so like, you're like, okay, we'll figure it out. And then my mentor was like, the board, so you better start running because you could, you know, run. And so I was like, okay, so I ran unsuccessfully, didn't get, didn't get into it. And it was also my first time. Like, I didn't know that, you know, how much campaigning I should have done and, and that I needed to, uh, you know, have my campaign ready for the first day of, of voting because all the voting happens then. And then, so I didn't know that. Right. Uh, and so luckily they appointed me to the board and now I know I'm like, oh, Okay. And because I was thinking I was going in there, like not the indigenous voice, but a indigenous voice in this room to kind of help shape and change and, and try to make room for, you know, uh, more, di- more indigenous people. Because I come from an urban indigenous background. So I didn't, I didn't grow up in the community uh, on, the, on the res or anything like that. So I have a very different experience and I can only speak to that experience uh, until I, you know, I do the work and I, I, I you know, of, of a community and, and get accepted by their community and stuff. So I can only bring my voice. And so 
And that's what I was like, okay, well, I'll just bring, you know, at least I could open the doors for it. And what I've learned on this committee is that you have to be a voice for, for everybody. A rising tide raises all ships. And I think that's what we need to, we need to happen. Yeah. Like I remember growing up, right. And I didn't, I never saw, that's what my favorite thing on that's awesome was, is I was okay with uh, promoting that. I was scared. I didn't know I was asking for help. I was nervous, you know, I know I never saw that as a kid. We didn't have, I didn't have a me on TV growing up, which, and it was a weird thing, right? Like, it's like, Oh, an indigenous guy who's funny. And it's like, you know, gets made fun of, and he's okay with saying, I'm scared. Can you help me? Eventually, hopefully, you know, some young indigenous people, started going, oh, you know, be okay with saying, you know, I saw this adult saying that maybe I can say that maybe, you know, that it's okay to, I just hope it changes, right? It gives that, it gives our next generation uh, a different view on TV. Because when I grew up, it was like, I think we had like, oh, on YouTube, on YTV or something like that. And it was like, oh, you know, it was same, same, but he was a white dude, right? And so um, I, I'm, I'm happy to, to be able to help uh, that next generation. Cause you know, hopefully, it's that next gen. Hopefully there's like five of me when I'm an old man and, you know, yelling at people from my porch. I have to admit, Darcy succeeded in making me laugh throughout our entire conversation. I mean, like seriously, I was consistently muting myself on Zoom so my laughter would not overpower his words. What advice does Darcy have for emerging artists? Nobody talks about how hard this stuff is, right? Like it's, if you're you really, I just like really know why you're in this industry. You really truly have to love being on set and making films and hanging out with your friends and, 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 and you know, and whatever genre you work in. Like when you, when you, that's why I love comedy. Like when you work in comedy and you, and you, uh, you go on set and you're hanging out with your friends and you're making everyone laugh and you're like, kind of improving a little bit too where you're like maybe we could be like this and maybe like this and then uh and then you go home and and you're still tired as all heck and you have to learn your lines for the next day but you're super excited to get back on set um and and that's that's why i love comedy and and you need to like if you're looking to get in the industry or looking to figure out what's your you know why are you still here it's find that find what drives you find that passion uh and that's and once you find that then like i said like you're it doesn't matter if it gets hard. It's always fun. It's always fun. This episode was written and produced by me, Emily Palmer, communications intern at the National Screen Institute. A very special thank you goes out to NSI's Joey Lowen, Liz Hover, Chris Vajner, Ursula Lawson, Kaya Wheeler, and Jessica Gibson. Thank you to the National Screen Institute's corporate supporters. Manitoba Sport, Culture, and Heritage. The City of Winnipeg, through the Winnipeg Arts Council. TELUS, Telefilm Canada. CBC, APTN, Bell Media, Directors Guild of Canada, Manitoba Film and Music, RBC Emerging Artist Project, Documentary Channel, CBC GEM, Centre for Aboriginal Human Resource Development, Indigenous Screen Office, Canada Media Fund, the Winnipeg Foundation, Super Channel, Blue Ant Media, National Film Board of Canada, Stantech, William F. White International, and Company 3. And a very special thank you to all of our other supporters. And a big thank you to you for listening to this episode of The Hats We Wear. <laughs>